Good to have you joining us for worship today. Today is the fourth Sunday of Easter. It's also Good Shepherd Sunday. And because it's Good Shepherd Sunday, we're going to begin with hymn 432, I Am Jesus' Little Lamb. Confession, I, as a called servant of the word, 
announce to you God's grace and the forgiveness of sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. lesson for this fourth Sunday of Easter is from Acts chapter 6 and 7, the account of Stephen the first martyr in the early Christian church. In those days when the number of disciples was increasing and the Grecian Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So the twelve gathered all the disciples together and said, it would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them and will give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word. This proposal pleased the whole group. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. Also Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas from Antioch, a convert to Judaism. They presented these men to the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them. So the word of God spread. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly, and a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. Now Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power, did great wonders and miraculous signs among the people. Opposition arose, however, from the members of the synagogue of the freedmen, as it was called, Jews of Cyrene and Alexandria, as well as the provinces of Cilicia and Asia. These men began to argue with Stephen. To this he replied, Brothers and fathers, listen to me, you stiff-necked people with uncircumcised hearts and ears. You are just like your fathers. You always resist the Holy Spirit. Was there ever a prophet your fathers did not persecute? They even killed those who predicted the coming of the righteous one. And now you have betrayed and murdered him. You who have received the law that was put into effect through angels, but have not obeyed it. When they heard this, they were furious and gnashed their teeth at him. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Look, he said, I see heaven open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. At this, they covered their ears and yelling at the top of their voices, they all rushed at him, dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. Meanwhile, the witnesses laid their clothes at the feet of a young man named Saul. While they were stoning him, Stephen prayed. Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he fell on his knees and cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. When he had said this, he fell asleep.
Alleluia. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Our Lord Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Alleluia. Shepherd Sunday is from John chapter 10 verses 1 to 10, a reading in which Jesus describes himself as the good shepherd and then also as the door or the gate to the sheep pen, the way, well, into the believing family of God. Jesus said, I tell you the truth, the man who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in by some other way, is a thief and a robber. The man who enters by the gate is the shepherd of his sheep. The watchman opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice but they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but they did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said again, I tell you the truth, I am the gate for the sheep. All who ever came before me were thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. He will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Let's sing the next hymn today, that would be hymn number 436, Jesus, Shepherd of the Sheep. Say 
because Christ lives, we too shall live forever through faith in him. Amen. The Word of God we want to consider this Good Shepherd Sunday is our, our epistle reading for today from 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 19 to 25. For it is commendable if a man bears up under the pain of unjust suffering because he is conscious of God. But how is it to your credit if you receive a beating for doing wrong and endure it. But if you suffer for doing good and you endure it, this is commendable before God. To this you were called because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. He committed no sin and no deceit was found in his mouth. When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. For you were like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Let's bow our heads for prayer. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, who art our strength and our salvation. Amen. My dear fellow sheep and lambs in our good shepherd's flock. One afternoon back in 1965, there was a, a man named Daniel Waswa who headed out to a hill with his wife and he struggled up this hill. He was carrying a cross and he was going to be like Christ. What he did is he told his wife that what she should do is she should nail him to that cross up there on that hill. And as this was all taking place, this man, he, he said, I'm dying for all the sins of all the Kenyans. He Kenyan citizen himself, he believed that God had spoken to him and told him to do this. Well, after he was nailed to the cross, what happened is that his wife collapsed and she ended up dying, perhaps just because of the shock of everything that was going on. Well, the neighbors of Daniel Waswa, they knew that this wasn't something that he did on a whim. This was something that he had been planning for, for a year. He believed God told him to do this. He believed that God told him to do this so that he could pay for the sins of all the Kenyans. Well, here he is on the cross and he is suffering. He, it is terrible. His neighbors who were there, they begged him to come down and 
finally, after a time, what happened is that they did take him down because he was so weak he couldn't object anymore. But then, freed from the cross, he ended up dying because the nail wounds became infected. Daniel Wazwa, he misunderstood what Peter was talking about in our text because, well, in our text, Peter is encouraging us to be like Christ, to imitate Christ, our good shepherd. But he's not encouraging us to do as Daniel Wazwa did. God wouldn't tell any human being to die on the cross for the sins of other people because, well, a person can't die for the sins of others. We're sinful human beings. We can't pay for anyone else's sins. Well, Daniel Wazwa didn't know what Christ, what Peter was really talking about, but, but Peter is saying, imitate Christ, our good shepherd. He's telling us to do that. But as he tells us to do that today, what we have to note is that Christ is an example we cannot follow. Yet, he is an example that we can follow, and the reason that he's an example that we can follow is because he is the power for a life that follows him. Well, it may be, seem a little bit strange in a sermon that has as its theme, imitate Christ our good shepherd, it may seem a little bit strange in a sermon like that to be, begin with the thought that we can't follow Christ, we can't imitate him. And, well, Christ does things that we can't do. That's the fact of the matter. Daniel was why he wanted to be crucified like Christ. And, well, he could be crucified like Christ, but he couldn't do what Christ did. What Christ did is Christ carried the sins of the world there on the cross. He suffered hell. He was forsaken by God. He endured all of that in order to pay for our sins. Well, when Daniel Wazwa went to the cross like that, it showed that he was at best confused, if not maybe a little bit crazy here. When Christ was crucified, he had a definite purpose in mind, paying for our sins, winning for us salvation. Now, Daniel Wazwa, he couldn't do what Jesus did. Now, it's true that what we can do is we could be forsaken by God. We could endure the wrath of God if we were unbelievers, but the fact of the matter is, is that even if we did that, we couldn't pay for any sins because we're sinners. But Jesus was sinless. Peter said, Christ committed no sin and no deceit was found in his mouth. When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to God who judges Justly, when someone would treat us unfairly, 
Well, I know it's true for me. I really have this feeling like I want to get even. I don't like it if someone treats me unfairly. You're probably the same. But here, Jesus treated so unfairly and there was no tendency at all to want to get even. There was no sin in Jesus. He, instead of wanting to get even, he forgave them for their wrongs against him. Well, today's scripture reading, it told us about Stephen, the first martyr in the early Christian church. He, he was very Christ-like. Well, when you look at his story, the similarities between his execution, Jesus' execution, so similar. He was arrested and, well, he was stoned to death for talking about Jesus, for proclaiming Jesus. And he showed that God had blessed him with an amazing, strong faith. He had an amazing, strong faith, but his suffering and death didn't pay for anyone else's sins, didn't pay for his own sins. Well, Peter said, for it is commendable if a man bears up under the pain of unjust suffering because he is conscious of God, but how is it to your credit if you receive a beating for doing wrong and endure it? But if you suffer for doing good and you endure it, this is commendable before God. God was pleased with Stephen, with the fact that Stephen was willing to endure so much for the sake of the gospel. And well, when we would suffer or endure troubles for the sake of the gospel, God would be pleased with us then too. And we may not need to be concerned about being martyred like Stephen or some of the problems that some of the people in the early Christian church had to face because of persecution. But, well, the fact of the matter is, is that when we stand up for Jesus and his word, we're not always going to be treated right. We may be ridiculed. We may face hardships and troubles. But the troubles that we face, that won't earn us heaven. That won't pay for any of our sins. But God is pleased with our standing up for Jesus, for our suffering for the sake of Christ, because, well, then what's happening is we're showing our faith. We're showing that, well, the Holy Spirit is at work in our hearts. We're telling the world how important our faith is that we'd rather die than give up what we have in Jesus, our Savior. But then Peter does also make the point that if a person, well, if, if a person suffers for doing good, that's, God's pleased with that. But if a person suffers instead for doing what is wrong, that's a much different story. Then we aren't suffering for Christ. Then we're sinning and rebelling against Christ. We wouldn't have the right to claim 
that were suffering for Christ under those circumstances, then what we'll want to do is confess our sins and look to Jesus and trust in him for forgiveness and, and pray that our sin isn't leading anyone else away from Jesus, the Savior. Well, we can't be perfect or pay for our sins. But Peter says, to this you were called because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. Jesus suffered and died for us so that we could follow him. Now Peter says we've been healed. We were enslaved to sin. We were, well, dead in our sins. But through Jesus, we've been freed, and we've been freed so that now what we can do is we can serve our Savior. We can imitate Christ, our good shepherd. In the second article in Martin Luther's explanation, he said, Jesus Christ has redeemed me, a lost and condemned creature, purchased and won me from all sins, from death and from the power of the devil, that I should be his own and live under him in his kingdom and serve him in everlasting righteousness, innocence, and blessedness. Oh, our following Jesus could maybe be compared to the young child who is trying to follow in the footsteps of his father, oh, maybe through several inches of snow, we don't want to think about that now, but maybe we want to think more trying to follow in his footsteps uh, through the sand on, on a beach. When that child is trying to follow his father, it might be very difficult for him to stay in his father's footsteps. He might have to jump and he might miss those footsteps a bit. But he's still following his father, right? And if he gets tired from trying to follow his father, what'll happen? Well, the father will pick him up and carry him, right? And so as we strive to follow Jesus, because we're sinful human beings, as we strive to follow Jesus, as we strive to imitate Christ, our good shepherd, well, we're not going to measure up. We're going to sin, but yet at the same time, well, isn't it wonderful to know that when we fall short, we have this Savior who forgives us. And we have the Savior who also is pleased with our attempts to serve him. Not that he thinks we're earning points with him or anything like that, but he likes to see us living our faith, living in faith in our Savior. And, and just as the father, when the child is tired and worn out, will carry the, the son, so also our Savior, when we're tired, when we're worn out, 
He'll give us all the help and the strength that we need, giving us, oh, carrying us when that's something that we would need. And again, remember, he's going to be pleased with us when we're living in faith, even if we, well, all our righteous acts are still like filthy rags. But he's pleased to see us living in faith in him. He'll pick us up and get us through life's trials and troubles. On one occasion during the Civil War, Abraham Lincoln, he happened to be at church and, oh, a story I've told before talks about how he had been there and the pastor was talking in his message that day about God being on our side. And after Abraham Lincoln heard the sermon, he, well, maybe a little critical, he made the point in saying to his camp companion, as for me, I have learned to ask but one thing of the Lord, not that he may be on our side, but that I may be on his side. And Lincoln's point, something so important for us to, to remember, we don't want God to conform to us. We want God to help us to conform to be like him. May God help us to be more like Christ, our good shepherd, not meaning that we try to get crucified like him, but that we imitate Christ, our good shepherd, that we look to him and his word for the guidance and the help that we need to live our lives as believing children of God. Peter said, For you were like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Before we were called to faith, there was no inclination in us at all to want to follow the Savior. We were spiritually blind. There was nothing that we could do. We were totally unworthy. And, and in that unworthy, that spiritually blind state, that's when Jesus came and did all of his work for us. In our worthiness, what he did is he took a hold of us, hopelessly lost sheep, and brought us into his sheep pen into his believing family, made us his sheep and lambs, and put us into a place where we would be safe and secure, a place where we're safe and secure, a place where we can get the spiritual nourishment that we need for our souls so that we can grow in our faith, so that we can work at imitating Christ, our good shepherd, isn't it great, though, that what Jesus said here is, no one can snatch us out of his hand. We don't ever want to reject him, of course, but Jesus, he wants to keep us. He wants to keep us safe and secure, and he's going to give us the power and the strength that we need to fight against Satan and sin and any temptation that would try to lead us away from our Savior. Oh, the scene at Niagara Falls 
is a very, very impressive one with all that water going over the falls. And oh, it's been said that maybe another impressive, maybe more impressive thing is just this little bitty power plant that's on one side of the falls because that little bitty power plant there, what it does is it supplies power so that there's light for miles and miles around the falls. And, and it's able to do that by just harnessing a very, very little bit of the water that goes over the falls. And now I tell you this because imagine if all of the water going over those falls was able to be harnessed and was able to be converted into electricity. Imagine how much power, how much electricity something like that would be able to produce. Well, in a sense, what we could say is that every believer is kind of like that little power station, and Christ is like the Niagara Falls. But of course, Christ is, is even more powerful. He's even more powerful. He's our unlimited power source. And as Niagara Falls could generate so much more power than it actually does. So Christ, he is, he is the power for us for a life that follows him and he can give us such help, he can give us such strength so that really what we can do is we can face anything. The Apostle Paul said, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. Without the Niagara Falls, that little power station wouldn't be able to do anything, but, but with Niagara Falls, it can produce so much. And likewise, without the Savior, well, we're in trouble. But with the Savior, well, Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. But again, with Christ, it's a totally different story. With Christ, it's a totally different story. With him, well, as it says here, we can bear much fruit. Christ is the power for a life that follows him. And, well, it gives us the help and the strength that we need to face any and all of life's trials and troubles and temptations and, and viruses and everything for that matter. So today what we say is may God help us to take advantage of, to use that power that Christ wants to give us to help us in our lives as believing children of God so that we can imitate Christ our good shepherd. And now imagine what all we could do with Christ's power to fight against sin, to face life's trials and troubles and temptations and viruses, and to serve our Savior. To do that, 
Imagine what we can do when we're filled up with Christ's power. Imagine what we can do. And remember, as you're hearing God's word right now, and, well, whenever you hear God's word, whenever you're in God's word, what Jesus is doing is he's filling you up with his power and strength. Amen. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, shall keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Let's confess our faith with the second article and its meaning. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. What does this mean? I believe that Jesus Christ, true God, begotten of the Father from eternity, and also true man, born of the Virgin Mary, is my Lord. He has redeemed me, a lost and condemned creature, purchased and won me from all sins, from death and from the power of the devil, not with gold or silver, but with his holy, precious blood and with his innocent suffering and death. All this he did that I should be his own and live under him in his kingdom and serve him in everlasting righteousness, innocence, and blessedness just as he has risen from death and lives and rules eternally, this is most certainly true. Let's pray. O Lord Jesus Christ, you are the good shepherd who laid down his life for the sheep. Lead us now to the still waters of your life-giving word that we may abide in your Father's house forevermore. We pray to you, O Christ, for you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. And we pray the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. And is our, as is our custom, we'll join in singing our prayer for our country. God bless America, land that I love. 
Stand beside her and guide her Through the night with a light from above From the mountains to the prairies To the oceans white with foam God bless America My home sweet home God bless America My home sweet home Good to have you with me for worship today. In our congregation there are no birthdays or anniversaries that I know about. That doesn't mean that there aren't any, but I don't know of any this week. In our congregation, well, Tony Ripley, I think, coming along okay. Jueline still at Eaton County at the, doing some rehab there. I'll keep you posted on how she's doing. Please keep all of our members, their health in your prayers. And the Lord bless and keep you always.